everybody. Welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks podcast. This is your favorite sexy librarian, Rose Caraway. Today, I have a very special story that I am honored to bring you. But before I get to that, I've got some news. I have got a book tour scheduled for the Sexy Librarian's Big Book of Erotica. And I gotta say, I am really excited. I am somewhat nervous. Um, I'm gonna be having a ton of fun, and I really, really, really hope to see some lurid listeners there. I have got the release party set September 4th at the Good Vibes in San Francisco on Polk Street at 6.30, and it's going to run until 8.30. So you're going to see me there. I'm going to grab a couple of other authors, and we're all going to read you some sexy stories, and hopefully you'll have time to stop by the Antique Vibrator Museum, which sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Actually, I have a date set with some girls. We're going to go see the Vibrator Museum ourselves sort of ahead of time at the end of this month, this August. I'm so excited. Um, So that'll be fun. And then on September 6th, I've got another event planned at Books, Inc. in Alameda. On September 15th, Rachel Kramer Bustle and myself, just the two of us, we're going to be at Booksmith. Um, and I believe that that one is in San Francisco too. It's just the two of us reading you some erotica. So I really, really hope to see some, some lured listeners showing up there too. Um, September 19th in Richmond, Virginia, I'm going to be at the Fountain Books bookstore. I'm going to hang out with Christina Wright and Lynn Townsend at 1230. And we're just going to sit at the table, chat and sign books. So lurid listeners, come on out if you're on the East Coast. On September 24th, I'm going to be at Books, Inc. in the Castro. And on September 25th, I'm going to be at another Good Vibration store on Lakeshore at 6.30 to 8.30. So if you would like to attend an event, go to thekissmequicks.com and check out my calendar. And it's got the little picture of the busy beaver. Um, And you guys will find all the tour dates there. Also, while you're there, you will see the Sexy Librarian's blogcast interview dates scheduled. So if you have not subscribed to the Sexy Librarian, I really encourage you to do so. I have been having a blast on the Sexy Librarian blogcast, hanging out with authors, um, contributors to the Sexy Librarian's Big Book of Erotica are coming up, and it's going to be a blast. Um, I cannot wait to bring these people to you. I want to get to know them. I know that you want to get to know them. So it's my pleasure and um, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. So please subscribe to the Sexy Librarians blogcast. Also coming up, let's see, I've got many, many audiobooks. I'm contracted to do tons more. I've got so many that I've submitted to Audible. Um, Anytime you are interested in finding out what Rose is working on next, please just go to the kissmequicks.com website. I've got everything that's coming up, everything that I've already done. Go to audible.com, just search Rose Caraway, and you guys will see everything that's ready to uh, purchase. Uh, next, com- right now I'm actually recording my anthology. So, and I swear to God, I've never fumbled more in my life reading an introduction to a book it was my own introduction so (sighs) yeah that was fun it was I was you know kind of choking up a little bit oh my god it's really happening so you know I'm having a good time with this and I I hope to to see some of you guys on that book tour and I I want to see the sexy librarians big book of erotica make it to the top run the top 100 in in Amazon that will just oh my god I don't know what the hell that'll do but I know it'll be grand 
All right, you guys, I am ready to bring you a very special story written by Rachel Krimer Bustle. It's her story titled Monica and Me. And by Monica, we're talking about the Monica Lewinsky. This was Rachel's very first erotica piece uh, that was published, I believe. And it's it's kind of fan fiction, you know. It's, it's about Monica Lewinsky, um, but of course it's not real. This didn't really happen. Um, but it's really fun to kind of think that it could have. Um, it's a very clever story, a very sexy, erotic story. Um, and I think you guys are going to love it. You're going to dig it. It's a ton of fun. It stars Rachel herself. So um, I had a ton of fun reading it. And it's an excellent, uh, an excellent story and a great, a great honor to read and bring to you guys. Um, I know that Monica Lewinsky actually just was interviewed. I think it was by Cosmo. Was it Cosmo? I believe it was Vanity Fair. Or Vanity Fair. Maybe we should double check that. It might have been Vanity Fair. Okay, Vanity Fair. Um, go just go to Vanity Fair's website and type in Monica Lewinsky. You'll you'll see it's a great picture of her, um, kind of lounging on a, a. I think it was a faint couch. Maybe it was just a love couch, but, um, it was a great article. It was so fun to read, and you know I haven't heard anything from Monica Monica Lewinsky since, God, it's been like ten years. 15. It's not been 15. It's been a long time. It's been since the 90s. Since so. the 90s, yeah. Oh, God, I'm old. Um, all right, you guys, uh, enough chatting. I'm ready to bring you Rachel Kramer Bustle's Monica and Me. I found a way to convince the ever-luscious Monica Lewinsky to come back to my hotel room with me. At least, I'm counting on it. I've been fascinated with her ever since the news of her affair with Clinton first broke. I mean, he's the president. It's not just the everyday person who can get access to being in the same building as him, let alone down and dirty under his desk. In all the hubbub over the legal maneuverings and the moral outcry, it seemed like everyone had forgotten that Monica was indeed, despite it all, just a young woman, and one who obviously had a very sensual side. But that's obvious, not only from her actions with Clinton and whoever else, but by looking at her and hearing her talk. Her lust extends to life. She's lively and excited, girlish and sweet. I'd followed all the drama and the minor tabloid stories, collecting Monica facts in my head, trying to piece them all together to create a whole person. But I needed more. I needed to see for myself what she and I had in common, whether the sparks I envisioned in my head would truly explode when we met. I booked a room at the Paradise Hotel as soon as I knew that she would be coming to town for a book signing. The only really fancy hotel in town, this will provide me with extra chances to casually bump into her. Of course, this will require lots of preparation and a bit of luck. 
because I'm sure, with her looks and fame, she has people trying to get close to her every day. The day of the book signing, I go to the store as soon as it opens and browse for a little while, thinking I would look too much like a stalker if I were the first person seated in the audience, but also wanting to get a seat up front. I've primped myself into a sexy but not overpowering outfit. A low-cut blouse with a tight silver jacket over it, short black skirt, and sexy black stockings with glittery silver lines sparkling here and there. I also added some shiny silver eyeshadow and applied enough black eyeliner and mascara so it actually looks like I have eyelashes. Completing the outfit is my recent indulgence purchase, open-toed maroon high heels with a patterned design. I don't want to scare her away, but I need her to notice me. She reads briefly from her autobiography, tearing up once or twice, but more often looking coyly at her audience. Knowing that most of them were here because she has captivated their libidos even more than their need to gossip. She licks her carefully painted lips, every action constructed to make us pay non-stop attention to her body. She's flirting en masse, and I'm ready to seduce her right then but I bide my time. As she finishes and people line up for autographs, I graciously allow the other attendees to go ahead of me. After all, I'm not really here to get my book signed. She looks up and I pierce her with my gaze, brown eyes on brown, not letting her look away until she must turn to the man in front of her. Miss Lewinsky, I have great faith in you and am behind you all the way, he says as she smiles and asks his name. I bet he'd like to be right behind her, but that will be my position later tonight. He steps away and she gazes up at me, looking around for my book. Hi, I left my book back at the hotel, but it's very important that I get it autographed. She looks at me, not saying anything, but a slight smile hovers around her lips. So, are you going to go back and get it? She asks, with a bit of a smirk. I stare right back at her, letting her know that I'm open to whatever lascivious scenario she's concocting. Well, I can't go get it right now. I have a few appointments, but, well, I just need to get it signed. I end up whining desperation making my voice climb. All my acting lessons have been distilled into this moment. She tells me that she'll be signing for a little while longer, and that if I come back in half an hour, maybe she can arrange to meet me later. I have no choice but to trust her. I wink at her and head out the door. I breathe a large sigh of relief at having actually made contact, and stroll around the block, frantically trying to come up with a plan B to get her up to my room. I walk a few blocks and then head back, 
realizing that my half hour is almost up. Despite twinges of uncertainty, I have a feeling she'll still be there and will talk to me. I see how starved she is, not just for good sex, but for some real attention to Monica the person, not just Monica the intern. Yes, like everyone else, I follow the stories on her in the tabloids, but I'm more than just a groupie. I sense in Monica a kinship, a kind of sisterhood, if you will, that will make our union tonight special beyond either of our dreams. I re-enter the store and see her in the back, talking to the manager. As I walk toward her, she turns around and smiles, beckoning me to where she's standing. I wait a few steps away, not wanting to intrude on her conversation. She finishes talking and takes my hand in hers and leads me into a back room. hotel are you staying at? She asks me. I stare at her, so caught up in being close to her that I can barely answer. Well, she teasingly persists. The paradise. Oh, great. That's my hotel, too. I'm still gazing back at her, starstruck, awestruck, and luststruck all at once. Come on, let's go, she says rather matter-of-factly, standing and grabbing my hand. What do you mean? You're just going to go off with some stranger? I could be anyone, I half-heartedly protest. Well, then tell me your name. Rachel, I say. Now I know you. Let's go, she repeats, this time more forcefully. We walk out of the store and toward the hotel. Don't you have, like, people who are traveling with you? A chaperone? I ask. Usually, but this time I wanted to be on my own. I've gotten used to the crowds and I can pretty much handle it. I don't usually attract people like you, who are sweet and normal. Thanks, I reply. We walk the rest of the way in a comfortable silence, each of us surreptitiously trying to sneak looks at the other. When we get to the hotel, we both pause, staring at the ground and then at each other, not sure how to approach the topic of where to go. Finally, after an absolutely interminable silence, I say, do you want to come to my room for a bit? Yeah, I do, she says softly, suddenly growing shy. Alone in the elevator, I take her hand, holding its soft flesh in my own rough one. I squeeze her hand and she squeezes back. I open the door to my room and were greeted by the many offerings I've brought here to tempt her. I've arranged for the room service carefully, noting her likes and dislikes. Champagne, strawberries, and chocolate have been delivered on elegant silver trays that show she's worth it. I don't want this to be like the Clinton affair for her. Despite her protestations that she had the first orgasm of that relationship, 
I'd venture to guess that her pleasure wasn't at the forefront of Clinton's mind. I, on the other hand, have her delight as the goal of my evening. I know that Monica is really a bad girl lurking in the fancy outfits of her richer, more genteel peers. I want to unleash that bad girl, let her show her true colors. She looks a bit stunned, but then takes it in stride. I don't know if this exactly meets her expectations, but I do know that she wanted to come back here with me. This is a nice place, isn't it? She comments, sitting down on the bed. I give her a glass of champagne. She takes it and giggles as she slips out of her heels. I'm trying to figure out how I should play this, slow and languid, or rough and dirty. We talk about her day and the book signing, and she tells me how tough it's been for her. People always want, want, want from me. They want my time, my name, my money. They act like I'm some superhuman force rather than just a normal girl. She looks as if she could cry, and while I do want to get to know her better, I don't want her to dissolve into misery. I motion for her to scoot closer to me, and I start massaging her shoulders and back. She sighs and relaxes her muscles, letting me squeeze and shape them, vigorously tending to all the places that feel too burdened, too naughty. I reach under her shirt and work my hands into her skin, manually telling her that I want to please her, do for her. As I knead harder and harder, digging my knuckles into her shoulders, pushing my thumbs into her back, she releases an mmm and starts to lean into me. More, she says, and I squeeze as hard as I can. Now I'm giving her skin little pinches, knowing their sting will stay with her for a few seconds. I can tell she's getting excited by the way she's squirming around, like she wants to take her clothes off but doesn't quite know how to go about it. I move over and she lies down across the bed. I run my fingers across her lips and she kisses them. You are so gorgeous, do you know that? I ask her. She responds by taking my index finger and biting it gently. I guess you do, I say, as I start to take off her top. As I lift her shirt, I see a gleaming lacy black bra underneath. Her full breasts are cozily couched there. Touch me, she says, opening her eyes and staring back at me as she had at the bookstore. Her eyes bore into me, giving me a taste of her soul, her passion, the things that she now has to hide behind, a steely gaze to protect her media reputation. For whatever wondrous reason, she is letting herself go with me. Instead of complying with her request, I tell her to get comfortable in the nice, soft, queen-sized bed, and that I'll be right back. I sneak off to the bathroom, where I've hidden my stash of sex toys, I'll bring only one of them back to her. My purpose in leaving is mostly so that she'll get nervous 
and question my next move. I walk back in and dim the lights. She is sitting up in bed, eyes closed, sipping her champagne, a dreamy smile on her face. I wonder what she's thinking about. I walk over and kneel on the floor in front of her. She turns her brooding gaze toward me, her mouth hovering over the champagne glass without drinking. She dips her tongue into the champagne, then leans down and slowly slips her tongue into my mouth. She teases me, lingering around my lips and then slipping away. She says wickedly, I know how much you want me. she knows. I'm kneeling in front of her, practically panting with lust. You can have me. I just want to have a little fun first, she says. She spreads her legs and brings them around me, pulling me closer to the bed. Then she leans down again, places her glass on the floor, and kisses me. When I say kissing, I mean really deeply kissing me, as if kissing alone were the entirety of sex. She puts her hands on the back of my head and positions me to her liking, then somehow slides her mouth to mine and does the most amazing things with her luscious, soft lips. She feels like a pillow, like silk, like pure sweetness. She tastes gorgeous, and her aggressive side is a complete turn on. She swirls her tongue around mine, gently licking and stroking, turning her head this way and that. We kiss like that, frantic and needy, consumed by our mouths, for a long time, twenty minutes or so, before we both stop to catch our breath. She sits up with her eyes closed, still in that blissful, desire-soaked world. I choose that moment to take advantage of her position, tying a silky black blindfold around her head. I see the look on her face as she realizes what I've done, startled, surprised, a tiny bit scared, but even more excited. She knows that finally someone is unlocking her deepest fantasies and that she doesn't have to pretend anything with me. How does that feel? I whisper in her ear. As she starts to answer me, I slip two fingers into her mouth, and she sucks on them. Shh, you don't have to answer that. I just wanted you to think about how the blindfold feels covering your eyes. You're going to have a really delicious time tonight, if you do what I tell you. She nods her head and makes a small whimpering noise. I decide to tease her a little by making her guess what I'm doing. In preparation for tonight, I've brought some of her infamous Barbara Walters lipstick, Glaze by Club Monaco. I got one as a gift for her and one as a gift for me. I open mine and start decorating her lovely body swirling the plum-colored makeup onto her nipples. What are you doing? She asks, not really expecting an answer. Her nipples harden. 
You're my canvas, and I'm painting you. Painting all of this gorgeous pale skin of yours, and your pretty nipples, I tell her. I make them nice and dark, juicy looking, then snap a Polaroid to show her later. Then I lean down and rub my lips against her nipples, giving new meaning to the words lipstick lesbian. I squeeze her round, bulging nipples between my fingers, pulling them tightly until I hear her gasp. Do you want me to stop? I say in my most teasing voice. She shakes her head, no. What was that? You have to speak if you want me to hear you. No, please, she begs me. Don't stop. I keep pulling, drawing her nipples toward me, squeezing them just about as hard as I can for a second or two. By now, she's frantic. Her nipples have become gateways to her cunt. She reaches up to touch them, and I observe her technique. She rubs the edges of her short nails against them, scraping and pushing, giving a little jolt each time her hard nail rubs against the even harder surface of her nipple. With the lipstick, I draw a line down her cleavage, down over her mouth, and toward her pussy. I replace the cap and then rub the slim tube up against her pantyhose. I lay it flat against her and rub it back and forth over her clit, getting her even more worked up. I keep pushing the lipstick against her, wanting to touch her for real. She pushes back in rhythm, already aroused despite still being dressed. When she seems on the brink of coming, I stop. I walk over to the counter where the champagne is chilling, picking up the bottle in one hand and palming a few ice cubes in the other. Open your mouth, sweetheart, I tell her, then slip a cube into that sexy pink hole. By now, her lipstick is almost all worn off, but I can still detect its traces on her soft lips, which are getting flushed and big in her excitement. Now, spread your legs for me, Monica, I instruct her, liking the way she instantly obeys me. I lift up her dress and press my fingers against the fabric that encloses her pussy. It's wet and thick. I push the fabric against her, making her feel her own dampness, making her even wetter. She wants to talk, but has to finish with her ice cube first. She sucks it greedily, eager to tell me all the naughty things she wants me to do to her. I don't let her, though, since I already have enough naughty ideas in my head to last all night. I give her another cube to suck and tell her she's being a very good girl and will be rewarded for her patience. With that, I climb over her and push my knee hard up against her cunt. She pushes back with all her strength, needing as much contact as I can give her, and then some. 
I take her wrists and hold them above her head, leveraging myself against her body, rocking softly against her stocking-covered pussy, on the edge myself. If I don't pause for a moment to regroup, my carefully formed plans will go out the window. I take off the blindfold and she looks at me quizzically. I tell her we're going to play show and tell. She knows what I want to see first. Now it's my turn to sit up against the nice fluffy pillows and relax. I tell her to bring me a glass of champagne and then to stand by the bed. Lean over, I say gruffly, wanting to make sure she knows that there are no other options. Lift up your skirt for me, honey, I tell her, wanting my own glimpse of the Monica thong. But Miss Lewinsky has her own plans. She pulls her dress up and slowly starts to peel down her stockings to show me that she is, alas, not wearing a thong. And she's not wearing any other undies either. No, the only thing I'm seeing now is her round, white ass, looking so fucking gorgeous that it's all I can do to not grab for it right away. I let her finish her little show for me. She pulls the black stockings all the way down to her ankles and leans over farther so that I can also see a little bit of her bright pink cunt poking out underneath. Now she moves around and spreads her legs even farther apart. I can see the way her ankles are stretching the elastic of her stockings, the contrast between their darkness and her pale skin. I can't contain myself any longer, and I reach up and bring her ass closer to me. Her skin is cold and beautiful, tender, soft. By now, I've forgotten all about my champagne, and I'm staring breathlessly, wondering what she'll do next. I kiss her ass softly at first, then take a little bite and hear her intake of breath. I bite harder, knowing that she's eager for me to get to the heart of who she is. Knowing that I'm so near to her warm pussy, it's driving me crazy. I lean back and push her forward a little, then give her a nice slap on the ass. I can see my bite marks and the red stain left by my hand. I tell her how sexy her ass looks. She doesn't say anything, but turns her head to look at me with deep longing in her eyes. I lift her up and pull her on top of me. Mm, you're so beautiful. I love how full and soft your body is. I've dreamed of being with you. And here you are. What do you want me to do, Monica? She closes her eyes and turns over onto her back. I want you to fuck me, she says, surprising me with her language. Even though it's been obvious all night that that's what she wants, I'm still a bit taken aback. With what? I ask her. She takes my hand 
licks the palm and says, With this. I put two fingers in her mouth before moving down to her pussy, covered with its dark, curly pubic hair. I'm going to give you what you want now, I say, as I slide my fingers into her warm, soft cunt. She moans as I enter her, and she pushes herself off the bed. How many fingers are you using? She asks me, so caught up in her heat and my hand that she's almost talking to herself. What do you think? I counter. I don't know, she pants, barely able to speak. Two, I whisper into her ear, and I like how she squeezes me even more tightly as I say the word. I push and push, wanting to go as deep as I can, wanting to fill all of her. I press my stomach and hips into her, pushing her against the bed, and put two fingers of my other hand into her mouth. I want to feel all of her reactions to my touch. I slide another finger inside her, and she moans. Three, I say directly into her ear. She is pushing against me, wanting to turn over so she can look at me. She's so beautiful, so big and lustful, and open and soft. I can't resist her request. I let her turn over, and I gaze into her eyes. I push harder, faster, deeper than I think is possible, and she is ready for me. Now I have four fingers inside her. Her breathing quickens, her eyes close, and she is pulling at her skin, her hair, the sheets, the bed, anything to hold on, to try to prolong the ecstatic agony of her orgasm. But she can't resist. The shudders start inside her, and her thighs shake, and her pussy gets even tighter around my fingers. I coax her on, whisper to her, brush a finger over her G-spot, make it last as long as I can. I've never really been much for strap-ons from either side, but this seems like a moment to just go with the impulse. I get up and go into the bathroom and come back festooned with a nice, sturdy harness and rather large cock. As I walk toward her, her eyes seem to bulge. I'm not sure if it's anticipation, trepidation, or a little of both. I'm smiling reassuringly at her, letting her know that I really mean all this in fun, even if it won't seem that way in a few minutes. I pull her head toward mine and kiss her, roughly, then push her down toward my bulging red cock and tell her to swallow it. Yeah, baby. You know you're good at it. I know you'll give me what I want. I tell her as I see her lips part and start to take in the tip of my silicone extension. I start to understand why so many dykes are into strap-ons. The sheer power of standing against the bed while she kneels in front of me, doing my bidding, letting my cock 
go deeper and deeper down her throat until it starts to cause her discomfort. Makes me feel special. High, almost. Her lips suck and then push down against my dick, practically causing my clit to spark. When it seems just unbearable, I pull her off me, get rid of the strap-on, and push her back into place, kneading her tongue on my clit that very instant. She seems startled at first, unsure, but I think she picks up on the fact that she doesn't have to be all that proficient to satisfy me once I'm so worked up. Her tongue takes to my cunt in a pleasantly unexpected way, lapping and licking and discovering all its contours and crevices. After the pressure from the cock, her soft tongue is such a delightful contrast that my cum is soon dripping down my legs. She licks some of my juices off me and kisses me, and she looks at me with such sexy tiredness, relief, and delight that I want to stay with her forever. I hug her and lie down next to her on the bed, taking in her warmth and her scent. We lie there for a while, holding each other, drifting in and out of luscious sleep. I know that I could treat her better than the Bill Clintons and Andy Blylers of the world. They were married men full of their own concerns, out to use and discard her without taking a moment to notice who she was, beyond what she could do for them. I want to give her back a sense of joy in her sexuality, the joy that exudes from her every pore when she's with me. I knew when I first heard her story that not only does she have a lot to give as a lover, but she can take pleasure as well. I envision the two of us living together and gallivanting all over the world, taunting everyone with our sensuous escapades, shoving the media's hypocrisy back in its face. I picture her happy, glowing, free to pursue her own interests and desires. And most of all, I picture her next to me, just like she is now. She sleeps through the night, occasionally reaching for me, once even waking up and touching me, knowing right where to put her fingers to make me instantly wet. Unsure if she is asleep or awake, I grind against her and come on her fingers. I haven't heard from Monica since then, but I think about her often. When I see that she's going to be on TV, some big interview, I smile to myself because I know more of her secrets than will ever be told to some reporter. I wonder whether she thinks of me, if she'll give me some secret signal during the broadcast, 
If when they ask about her sexual appetites, she'll remember our wild night together. I hope so, because I certainly do. If you're listening to this, Monica, I have more tricks up my sleeve. Lots of them. For Stupid Fish Productions, this is Rose Carraway. I'd like to thank the following musical artists. Yacht, Avid, Dave Merson Hess. Tortu Supersonic, Zig Serenata, Kai Engel, Roulette, and the feature credit song, Republic, by Good Old Neon. Special thanks go to Rachel Kramer Bussell for her wonderful story, Monica and Me. Rachel can be found on Facebook, at Twitter, and her blog, lustylady.blogspot.com. So you guys totally know that Rachel and I are like, we have teamed up for some awesome anthologies. The Big Book of Orgasms, 69 Sexy Stories, and don't forget, gotta have it, 69 Stories of Sudden Sex, our very first coming together, if you will. Um, Gotta Have It is still on the bestseller list in Audible in the erotica, and BBO and Gotta Have It, they both, they're like sparring for the top 10 spots um and it's such a great thing to be a part of that and fyi i am signing up with rachel to to narrate another one of her fabulous 69 anthologies and this one is the big book of submissions it's another 69 stories i'm really excited about it because i know that those people in that book are going to write some hella good submission stories and i really dig on that so I'm really excited to narrate that for you guys. I will keep you updated, let you know when that one's available. If you want to find out what else I've been working on, what else is ready to buy in Audible or in iTunes in the way of audiobooks, go to my website, thekissmequicks.com. Everything is there, you guys. My schedule of events for the Sexy Librarians blogcast, all the interviews I've got set up, the, the book tour for the Sexy Librarian's Big Book of Erotica, which, by the way, you can buy in Amazon and get it delivered. Mail it to me. I'll sign it for you. I'll mail it back. Um, everything about Rose Caraway, all the information you need is there at thekissmequicks.com. Um, and also, you know, I do, I do want to say again, thank you to all of you that have left me really sexy reviews on the Kiss Me Quicks podcast in iTunes. I do read all of those. I appreciate them tremendously. Um, I thank you. Um, This show would not be anything without you lurid listeners. So I love you guys. And everything I do here in this studio is for you. So I, you know, I'm working to bring you the best. I've got more stories written by me coming your way. I've got some 
Oh, let me. I can't see my board. I've got Raziel Moore. I've got Donna George Story. I've got more stories by me. Uh, come in your way. And actually, I've got a few stories that are going to relate to my wolf erotic horror novel um, that I'm trying really hard to to work on and get written to get you guys prepared for that novel. It's going to be awesome. Um, so stay tuned for that. All right, you guys, if you want to get in touch with me, not only can you go to the Kiss Me Quicks website, thekissmequicks.com, you can also just search Rose Caraway on Facebook or Twitter. I will be there. I'm also on Tumblr. Um, you guys, call my voicemail line. I would love to hear a message from you. That number is 202-810-5477. That's 202-810-KISS. All right, you guys. I think that that is it. I love you, and I'll see you soon. Stupid fish. All right, you guys, you know that I have c- total love, total bleh, bleh. <laughs> what? <sighs> the air is thin in here. I'm asphyxiating. <laughs> Did you just I'm... turn into the Cocoa Puff, Choco Puffs, cereal Dracula guy? Cocoa, oh. Bleh, bleh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ass. No, stop it. Who was that? Choco Coat Drag Count. Count Chocula, you dork. <laughs> Cocoa Puffs. Bleh. Choco. What did you say? God, you, you're you pulling crap out of your ass. and it, I've never had It didn't them. even smell we good. You weren't allowed to have those as a child. Neither was I. It was corn flakes. And Cheerios. Cheerios. And we had the plain. Plain, not frosted yeah. mini wheats. No, plain mini wheats. That's or a different cereal. Shredded wheats. That's what we had. That was our thing. Remember when they were like giant bricks? The big. Yeah. <laughs> they were like bales of hay. Is what I called exactly. them. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it was ridiculous. Yeah, we had to. Do, but I I liked those. I felt like a farm animal. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It was like I'd sit at my table, dude. Summer vacation sucked. <laughs> you sitting at the table, bored out of your goddamn mind. I'm a cow, crunch, grind, grind, <laughs> chewing on my cud.